This Week in HPC. U.S. weather forecasting gets Petascale bump. IBM and Cray team up on deal. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to This Week in HPC. It's our first episode of 2015, Michael, and This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at Top500.org. Michael, Happy New Year. Hey, yeah, Happy New Year, Addison. And uh, we, we got the new year started off with an interesting supercomputing installation story looking at NOAA, the United States uh, Weather Forecasting Group, put it, uh, forecasting on their own a, a pretty significant supercomputing investment. Yeah, this is going to be a big bump for them. They're spending uh, close to $45 million, $44.5 million on two supercomputers that are going to supposedly be installed in October of this year. Um, the, big, the big deal here is that it's a big jump for them. They've got basically around half a petaflop installed now, and they're going up to five petaflops. So it's a it's a, a 10x uh, bump for them, which is going to change the way they do business pretty significantly. And as part of that, they're also upgrading the systems that they already have on site, right? Yeah, they're going to bump the two systems they have to about 0.7, close to 0.8 petaflops for a total capacity now of 1.5 petaflops. And that going to be installed by the end of this month before they get the two new big systems uh, later this year. So they're going to use those systems to start running uh, some upgraded software to get higher resolution and, and shorter forecast uh, that they're going to start running with uh, when they get the bigger systems in. They'll start running these now. You know, there's a couple interesting things to me about this story. Obviously, weather forecasting is an important application of supercomputing, and whether you're looking at big things like hurricanes or extreme locality of weather forecasts and, you know, how hard is it going to be raining in my neighborhood at 3.30, you know, when I'm trying to do something in particular and, and I care about it. Uh, it. It has military applications. It has consumer applications. It has Sports applications. There's all kinds of reasons to want uh, want better, more accurate weather forecasts, more local weather forecasts, more long-range weather forecasts. So it's it's interesting, and it's something we can all relate to. But beyond that, a couple of interesting dynamics about this this deal in particular, starting with the fact that I think it really acknowledges that the U.S. has been behind its European counterparts in in these in this capability, in particular when you look at the models that have been coming out of ECMWF. Right. The European uh, Center has much greater capacity. They're up to three or five petaflops already, and they've had that capacity for a while. And they've been better at actually predicting certain things, like uh, the famous uh, Hurricane Hurricane Sandy a couple of years ago, the American system had it veering away from the U.S. sort of harmlessly, but the European system, the more powerful system, actually had it accurately hitting the coast and, and doing the damage it did. So it was useful that that system was in there, but it was sort of an embarrassment for for the U.S. that it, it couldn't predict that. And, and part of the, actually this money that's coming to pay for these two systems, about half of it, about $25 million, is coming out of the uh, appropriations that Congress put together in response to Hurricane Sandy. So it was uh, a, a nice little at least side effect for, for NOAA for to get that money in place for these new systems. 
Yeah, there was an article in Slate that did an excellent job that uh, pointed out some of uh, some of that, and it even goes back to there. There was an article in in Mashable after Hurricane Sandy that pointed out that uh, that uh, that the European systems had done a better job of of predicting uh, the the way that Sandy acted in terms of making the turn and exactly where it's going to make landfall. If you think of other major U.S. hurricanes that have affected urban areas recently, like Rita with uh, Houston or, or uh, of course, Katrina with New Orleans, knowing the exact time and position and conditions under which the storm is going to make landfall, you know, a difference of a couple hundred yards could make a big difference depending on what what it's going to hit. You, you want to know when and where it's coming. Yeah, and obviously there's the economic impact as well. If you can predict more accurately where the landfall is going to hit, you can take the precautions, you can do the work ahead of time and avoid, you know, maybe billions of dollars of, of damage if you can if you can actually get where it's going to come ashore. And that's why something like this where it costs basically, you know, tens of millions of dollars is sort of a bargain when you think of some of these catastrophic events where these hurricanes right. are causing billions of dollars in damage and, you know, one mitigating event, if you can if you can just uh, monetize that, it, it's well worth it, not to mention all the all the lives you can save. Right. Well, I mean, it's difficult to get your buildings and infrastructure out of the way, even right. given a week's notice. But there are some mitigating things that you can do, as you point out, and certainly evacuations are among them. And we were talking about interesting uh uh, dynamics around this deal. The other interesting one to me is that IBM was the prime on this deal, although they're not doing a whole lot of the actual fulfillment. Right. That was uh, sort of a, a weird thing to read about. But I guess the, the history of it was IBM was the contractor when they put this deal together. Uh, probably a couple of years ago, but in the interim, of course, we all know IBM sold Lenovo, and those were slated to be x86 systems coming from the X, the Series X side of the house from IBM. Right. These are IB, we're looking at upgrades to IBM Series X systems. Right, but when Lenovo came in and 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 got that business, uh, the U.S. government sort of looked askance at that. They weren't quite comfortable with buying from uh, a, a Chinese-based company, so they had to sort of scramble quickly and and renegotiate the deal and it turned out the they decided to put Cray systems in so Cray became the subcontractor to to IBM uh, for the two new systems it looked like also they they upgraded it looks like they were originally going to come in with like a couple petaflops and the the as time moved along they it looked like they could get the same for the same money they could go up all the way to five petaflops so that was sort of a fortunate outcome there as well yeah, that's what it looks like to me, too. Now, we said all through this x86 transition from IBM to Lenovo that the one area where IBM would see real loss of sales is anything related to U.S. government in the near term, and that's where this is. Uh, right. The U.S. government is going to say, no, we're not going to buy from Lenovo. They're not an approved vendor. We're going to buy from an American uh, uh, headquartered company. Uh, now, IBM's already had the contract, so it's up to them to fulfill it. They can choose Crate as a subcontractor for the x86 new servers. Then, of course, the upgrading the systems that are already there, presumably you're just talking about putting in a faster processor, who the original server vendor is. Go well, it's an IBM server still, right. and you can, you can come in and put faster 
different processors into that. So uh, presumably Intel and then also Cray really getting most of the money, although IBM has to be uh, part of it in terms of uh, them still being the prime contractor. Sure, sure. But definitely an unusual deal, something I don't think uh, I can remember seeing since uh, I've been uh, covering this area that IBM and uh, Cray kind of team together on a deal, but uh, yeah. IBM, yeah, subcontract. I'm sure uh, Cray is happy to take the money regardless. <laughs> I'm it, sure. It you know, reminds you of the IBM walk away from Blue Waters where Cray came in and fulfilled that afterwards. That right. uh, you know, Cray, Cray is picking up a lot of IBM leavings here. Yeah, yeah. In this case, uh, a little more copacetic. But yeah, it'll be two big Cray systems. They didn't go into the exact systems those would be, but we can sort of you know, see the writing, they'll, uh, they'll either be big uh, uh, x86 clusters or more likely the XC systems, They uh, the newer ones they just announced, but uh, we'll see when it comes out in October what the actual configuration is. Right, systems that will be installed this year. By the time we get to supercomputing, we should see them in there. Yeah. Already first week of the year, we can start looking ahead to supercomputing, Michael. <laughs> yeah, they should be all impacted up by then. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thanks very much, Michael. Uh, uh, that's our big news story for the week. Uh, as we get the 2015 off to a quick start, we'll be looking forward to more podcasts throughout the year. Thanks to everybody for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 